Now, the governor did sign a bill that will finally allow Coloradans to collect rainwater. It has been surprisingly controversial over the years, as several attempts have failed before. CBS Force political specialist Sean Boyd live in Denver. And Sean, why has it been so hard to get this passed? You know, Jim, it became a battle over property rights. In Colorado, water is the property of people downstream, which is why for more than a century, it's been illegal to catch it before it hits the ground. That's the law. And with that, Governor Hickenlooper made rain barrels legal in Colorado. We just want to make sure that we aren't the only state in the union where this was illegal. Um, I think that's why it gave so much national attention, even international attention. The new law allows you to collect and store up to 110 gallons of rainwater as long as you put it back in your ground. And we thought this was just a good Colorado common sense measure. You could take the water from your roof, collect it in a barrel, and water your tomato plants. Seems pretty straightforward, right? Um, but it wasn't. Representative Jesse Danielson, whose dad is a Weld County farmer, says initially they met resistance from ranchers who worried allowing people to store water for use when it's dry would mean less runoff downstream. We did come to an agreement, one that assures that agriculture and other water users across the state will not have any injury. Even getting the nod from the Colorado Farm Bureau. Supporters say the bill is about conservation and education about the state's most precious natural resource. As we move into the implementation of Colorado's water plan, uh, we know that, that conservation is the cheapest, most effective uh, approach we can do. Representative Denea Escar, one of the first to put the new law into practice. My wife actually purchased me a rain barrel, although I won't say that it has been filled yet. Sponsors of the bill struck a compromise with farmers and ranchers, adding a provision to the bill that says if there's proof that those rain barrels are hurting users downstream, then the state engineer can limit usage of them. By the way, those rain barrels at the governor's mansion aren't cheap. A lot fancier than this one. They'll run you between $50 and $200. Live in Denver, Sean Boyd, CBS 4 News. Live from the Genesis Art Supply Building on North Elston Avenue, just this side of the concrete-encrusted banks of the north branch of the Chicago River, it's the Mike Novak Show, still Chicago's only locally broadcast deep green gardening and environment program, heard every Sunday on Q4 Radio and at MikeNovak.net. Good planets hard to find, temperate zones and tropic climes. True currents and thriving seas, wind blowing through breathing trees, strong ozone and safe sunshine. Well, good planets are hard to find. He's not the most interesting man in the world, but he does stay thirsty. Here he is. Mike Novak. Get ready. One more time. One more time. And I almost can hear myself. Here we go. And, you know, you got to get the headphone. The whole idea of headsets... Uh, is to make you deaf before your time. Uh, and if you've been in radio most of your life, like I have, you spent a, 
a lot of times saying, what? What? And uh, you know that uh, tintinitis, you hear those commercials for, uh, for tintinitis all the time? Um, I do anyway. In your head. In my head. Exactly. There's no radio, nothing else going on. It's just tintinitis. Uh, that's uh, Peggy Malecki, uh, and I'm Mike Novak, and this is the Mike Novak Show on Q4 Radio. Let's give him a beer ding. Uh, 1680, kind of, but not really. So don't try listening there. Just go to dub- – well, if you're listening, you don't need me to tell you how to listen to the show. I'm trying to get – on my show, there we go, on my show page from Facebook. Do you have the same problem I do, Peggy, that when you try to get to the the official page, it just like takes seven years for it to actually load up? It's a Facebook plot, yes. Everything is a Facebook plot. Um, And before I tell you what's going on in the show, uh, and I'm not talking to you, Peggy, I'm talking to folks who are actually listening to the program. Um, yeah, I, I had one of those Facebook, you know, every day is a Facebook encounter. It's always one thing or another. Now, yesterday I posted because in the middle of the day, as I was putting the show together, Microsoft in all of its wisdom decided that I was going to upgrade to Windows 10. And I had been putting this off for months. I mean, they kept asking me, do you want to upgrade? And I said, no, no, I'm, I'm you know, I'm comfortable here. I don't like Windows 8.1. It really stinks. It's a terrible operating system. Bring back, where's my Windows 7? I want my Windows 7 back. Or at least XP. Uh, oh, my goodness, XP, <laughs> professional. XP professional. Let's give them a ding, all right? Um, you know, any of those. Mm-hmm. They, it's, they just get worse and worse. And, and, and the thing is, it sounds like the, the decisions, or seems like the decisions they make are arbitrary, that you got a bunch of these probably 20-something geeks in Microsoft. And this is for all you 20-something computer geeks. I yeah I'm, yeah, I'm talking to you. Yeah, I'm yelling at you. Stop doing that. Just stop making random decisions about what you think I want on my computer. Oh, no, now we want pictures when we... No, I don't want... I like the, the list, you know, where I could tell what was in there. We, we want an extra step in here because it'll make it more, I don't know, what, Byzantine? Is that the word we're looking for here? I'm a little exercised on this. I'll call wow. it. I'm going to calm down. I'm going to wow. calm down just calm a down. second. Calm, calm. So in the middle of the day, my computer starts upgrading to Windows 10, and I post on Facebook because I still have my <laughs> phone to communicate with the outside world because it takes like three days to to, to do that. Actually, it took about an hour uh, to update. You know, and I'm in the middle of doing work for the show. Hey, Microsoft, get a clue. Some people work on Saturdays, all right? No, there's no day of the week that's safe. If you're going to do it, no. do it in the middle of the night. Well, at least your phone didn't decide to upgrade itself at the same time. <laughs> but I've had that too, where my Android will update uh, and and it will decide that you need the new version and then you can't find anything on the mm-hmm. phone. And the contact, I got, I, I got this thing with the contacts. I got a feeling and I'm not sure why every LinkedIn person I have has shown up on my in my contacts on my cell phone. I don't want you on, I mean, because you go there and it says, well, how do, how, how, do, how do I know this person? It says LinkedIn. There's no phone number, so you can't actually call them. 
I'm not going to contact them through LinkedIn. I have like 1,400 LinkedIn people, and they're all on my cell phone now. And all I want are people who actual have actual phone numbers that I can call. And I thought, and, and, and I don't know when that happened, when those showed up on my phone. They just did one day. Shortly after every individual Facebook friend showed up on your phone. Pretty much, yeah, I think so. So I've got Facebook and LinkedIn, and you know, if uh, if if Google Plus shows up on there, <laughs> but then I I have like five Google Plus. You know, I I, I started that and said, oh, this is just crazy. This is nuts. I'm not doing this anymore. All right, <laughs> let me All right. let Enough me. That's, that. that's that's how we start the show today. I'm bringing you paper and pencil next week. Please do. <laughs> I will use it. A blue number two pencil. <laughs> a blue number two. Um, and uh, the show today, uh, well, it's it's kind of uh, me and Peggy sitting around and, as Bob Collins uh, used to say, laughing and scratching. Uncle Bobby. Uncle Bobby. Yeah. Uh, and because uh, I worked with him for years at uh, Gargantua Radio down the dial. Uh, but to start the show, well, we're going to go out west. We're going to go out and visit my buddy, Annie Haven, uh, from uh, Haven Authentic Haven Brand. And she's uh, the gal who's got the Moo Poo Tea. A- uh, Annie, hang on. Just- Wait. Annie, you're-, you're there, right? I'm here, Mike. I'm here. Okay. Good morning, Annie. Uh, hang, on, hang on just a second. I'm introducing you, but I'll get right back to you. to let i got to let people know what else is going on in the show. Be right with you. You bet. Okay, uh, and she's out there in California on the left coast, uh, and um, uh, I, I was going to mention she has Mupu tea, which is manure-based tea. You've heard of compost tea, and this is manure-based tea, and she also has other tea products, and we'll talk about that uh, in just a little bit. Uh, and then, uh, and then uh, uh, Peggy and I are going to laugh and scratch for a while. <laughs> and then at, at 10 o'clock, uh, Stephen Cutter, who I met when I was working at Progresso Radio down the dial, and he called in one day, and he said, um, he, and "I'm going to have to get him to to confirm this because I'm not exactly sure." But this is how I recall it. He kind of said, uh, "I want to I want to do something important. What should I do? Be an activist, an environmental activist." I was like, uh, "You're asking me." Um, and he and he what he did is he packed up and he went to a march in Washington D.C. But he had already been doing stuff like that, as it turns out, because I was looking at his information and his background. And now he's come up with something called G Ride, and it just hit me just now looking at it on the sheet that it, it's kind of it's almost risque. <laughs> How's your G ride? Uh, I'm sorry. It just it was, it was just one of those things that just popped popped into my head. Ooh, you know, you know why? You know why? Because I was channeling Bob Collins. That's why <laughs> I was channeling Bob Collins, and this is the kind of thing that Collins would have said. Uh, but it's a it's a rideshare company uh, that uh, promotes the utilization of hybrid and electric cars. So the idea is they want to be the Ubers of green. And, uh, you know, I looked up Uber last night. Do you know how big that business is? I had no idea because 
I heard about it like two weeks ago. Okay, basically, not really, but but it's what it feels like. <laughs> your your it, Lyft driver told you that. Yeah, exactly. My Lyft driver told me that. Uh, but I, it feels to me like Uber's been around oh for like you know twenty minutes. They're a thirty billion dollar company. Wow. I know, thirty billion dollars stock. I didn't <laughs> that you should have gotten in uh, too. Uh, but uh, yeah, go figure. Uh, and uh, Lyft is like eight hundred million. Mm-hmm. All those poor babies. Oh, uh, I know. Well, Stephen is starting G Ride. <laughs> I'm not going to be able to say that anymore. <laughs> um, and uh, it's if you want to go green, if you want an electric car or a hybrid car. And so we'll talk to him about that mm-hmm. in the second hour. Uh, and guess who's not here today? That miserable Rick DeMaio. He's enjoying this weather. Uh, no, he's watching his son graduate uh, somewhere in somewhere in this <laughs> favored land of ours where the sun is shining bright. Uh, and it's shining bright here, actually. Mm-hmm. You can see it right out the window, which is unusual for us here. Usually we come in here, it's raining, it's drizzly, mm-hmm. it's like 30 degrees. What's going on? Well, we'll ask Patrick Sketch. Pat Sketch is uh, uh, going to be on the show, and he has filled in for me, uh, well, for Rick, um, uh, over at Gar- uh, not Gargantua, but in uh, Progresso, uh, he. Wow, you can hear the airplanes out there too. Which both is both windows are open. Both windows are open. If here. I stand up, I can see the sun. You know, and if river. if we had a graffiti artist cr- uh, climb on the uh, roof there and start <laughs> spray painting the wall, we'd be able to watch and hear that as well. Um, but you know, that's the the nature. <laughs> Of uh, Q four coffee this morning, Mike. I don't know, but it, it, no, it's just you turn on the mic, and this is what happens. I didn't. It was not easy getting up either, and suddenly I'm like, oh, okay. Uh, but Patrick Sketch will be here with weather, and um, yes. And aren't we uh, like asking for help from people this morning? Yes, yes. I'm so glad you brought that up. Uh, to anybody who calls at three one two nine eight five seven eight three four, and it has to be a phone call. Twitter, tweet doesn't count. Facebook doesn't. Facebook count. doesn't count. No LinkedIn. No <laughs> LinkedIn. Why I oughta? Um, nope. If you call to talk to us three one two nine eight five seven eight three four, you get a free copy of Attack of the Killer Asparagus. And some people have heard of it because I advertise it on this show. Uh, but also, it's my book that I wrote a couple of years ago, based on my columns for Chicago Land Gardening Magazine. So uh, if you want to get a copy of that, you call in. I mean, that's that's how simple Do it is. Do we know how to answer the phones? No, we don't. So we'll figure that out as we go along. That will be on the fly. Meanwhile, let's go out to, to California and, and bring in uh, Annie Haven. Annie, how are you? We're doing okay, Mike. We're hanging in. You know, it's a little dusty out here on the left coast. <laughs> yeah. Now tell us exactly where you are in California. I'm approximately 60 miles south of Los Angeles, about 80 miles north of San Diego. Oh, okay. In the heart of Southern California. And how close to the ocean are you? Uh, Pastures in San Juan are about uh, 10 minutes from the ocean, and the pastures in Murrieta, about 45 minutes as the crow flies. That's not so bad. You're like, uh, wow, you're you're, you're in uh, that fancy territory down there, huh? You bet. Just to be out in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> I know, and now you're just a suburb, right? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Which is, I, it's got to be weird to watch all that. Now, how long have you 
And you, well, how long has your family had the property? Uh, since the eighteen hundreds. My goodness, eighteen. Well, eighteen what? Now you've got to. We got to narrow it down. Um, fifty-three, fifty-six. Are you kidding me? Wow, that's like a hundred and seventy years or something. That's crazy. Yeah, a good portion of the ranch from south of San Clemente to Oceanside uh, is what's now known as the Cap Pendleton Marine Base. And uh, that was obviously, uh, come the war, was taken uh, for the use of the military base. And my grandfather leased back from the military until 1968. And the downsizing of the Haven Seed Company came in 1968, due to the lack of water at that time. So, you know, California's been having drought issues for a lot longer than just these past uh, nine years. Uh, yeah, no no kidding. And I don't know if you caught the beginning uh, of uh, the show. I played uh, a news clip out of Denver because John, uh, Governor John uh, Hickenlooper signed a bill into law that allows for the collection of rainwater, which uh, has, as you know, has been against the law in Colorado. And and people have asked me about that over the years, say, you know, as rain barrels have become more and more popular all over the country and all over the world as a way for people to protect uh, and divert that natural resource, you would hear folks say, and I hear you can't, collect rainwater in Colorado. Is that a myth? Well, apparently not, but it has a lot to do with ranching, and you're part of that industry. Yes. Uh, um, how, what, what do you think of that, uh, the, the change in the law in Colorado? Well, to allow people to capture rainwater is good. What's happened, they've come in, they've concreted over everything, and now all that runoff water just goes straight down into the sewer. It, you know, my grandfather started many decades ago. Um, and it was in the late 20s and early 30s that the Army Corps of Engineers came through and they concreted the rivers and that and sent all the runoff water into the into the ocean instead of building retention. Now in L.A., they're starting to reverse that in the big river that runs through L.A. where they're building offshoots to start to, to capture water. These are the things that he was talking about with many other farmers and ranchers, but you know, you have to go back to the to the uh, water wars of the Owens Valley and Mulholland. California primarily is a dry state, and you need to capture as much water as you can. You get the environmentalists saying, you know, they don't want dams, but you don't want to be pulling from the ground, the groundwater. You want to, you know, hang on to that as much as possible. So you you've got to catch, capture surface water. Uh huh. And, uh, you know, people need to understand the difference with an acre foot in a bottle of water. And uh, it's uh, a saying my grandfather had is if the politicians have their way, it will be concrete from San Diego to Sacramento. I'm seeing that in my lifetime. I mean, I'm now considered probably more of a a hobby rancher than a rancher because development has come in, moved in around me. And, you know, there are people that have hung on. It's happening now in the San Joaquin Valley, which is our breadbasket. They're pushing that high-speed rail through, and to see these people posting that 
you know, their land is being eminent domained, and this is going to be going right through the heart of their dairies. They're having to close down. So if it's not the water shortage issue, it's it's the other issues that are coming on, and uh, it's 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 going to affect our country because there's so much produced in the San Joaquin Valley. So going back at least three decades with uh, cutting off the water for the smeltfish. That became the political drought. That political drought has been enhanced by Mother Nature. So it's it's really a bad situation. There's a a big misconception, and whether it's organic farming or it's conventional farming, you've got to have water to farm. You've got to have water to ranch. If you're raising grass-fed beef or if you're raising them in a feedlot, they've got animals have to be able to drink. You've got to be able to feed the soil if you're going to grow something. So, um, you know, it's it's really getting people to understand that there was a a great Facebook page, My Jock Depends on Ag, started by Eric Wilson. Uh, And it's brought within... uh, Within less than a year, there are 58,000 farmers and ranchers on that page from all over the world, from Australia, from, but primarily from California, and they're there to answer questions, to explain. And again, it doesn't matter whether it's organic growers or it's conventional growers. We've got a serious issue going on here, and, and water is the catalyst in getting that understanding out about how much we use and what's needed and what's really happening, um, why these infrastructures to retain water is so important, uh, you know, because ultimately it affects the price on the store shelf. Yeah, uh, Annie, uh, by the way, that's Annie Haven from uh, Authentic Haven Brand. You can go to www.manuretea.com. Uh, you'll see the hashtag, hashtag MOOPOOT, M-O-O-P-O-O-T. Uh, all over the place. Um, what was the name? What was that site again? You just gave us. My job depends on ag. And is that a Facebook page? That is a Facebook page, and like I said, within less than a, right about a year, there are over fifty-eight thousand plus of us farmers and ranchers. People think about commercial farming, but. The majority of the farmers in California are independent family farms. If hmm. we're incorporated, it's because it's just an LLC. But these are the folks that are growing the food. You'll see them posting pictures of what it takes to get out and harvest corn and what it, get it takes to get out and plant tomatoes. Uh, they were seeding the skies down here with uh, silver iodine for weeks on end here the past couple of months. And... That's produced rain that eventually got up into the San Joaquin Valley and outside of San Francisco they were getting hail the size of quarters. Well, in California, that might as well be grapefruit size. We just don't get that. But it came at a time when they were planting tomatoes that devastated some of the tomato crops. Oh, some no. of the cherries, because the cherries can't take. This is harvest time. So why on earth they were seeding for this rain to boost the El Nino, I guess, but boy, it come at a, at a real tough time for a lot of these farmers that are trying to put up the hay. Yeah. And like I said, again, it doesn't matter whether it's, it's, it's uh, organic growers or it's conventional growers. 
we all get hurt the same way. Well, that's that's true about that. And I didn't even realize that the seeding worked at all. I thought it was minimal, minimally e- effective. Um, and, um, you know, and, and, and when you when you talk about that, Annie, unfortunately, then you're going to get the chemtrail people out there. And I'm I'm not one of those people who thinks that that's a conspiracy. Um, it's that's something. But that's another thing altogether. Uh, uh, tell me a little bit, since I've got you here and you, you talked about how your operation is almost uh, a hobby for you because it's not the size it used to be. What is it exactly that happens on, uh, your farm? Well, I raise grass fed livestock and of course with the drought, um, every, everything depends on the soil, whether it's the grass pastures or the garden. Uh, So to not overgraze my pastures, I've had over the last nine years, I've had to reduce the size of my herd. So when you reduce the size of your herd, that reduces the size of your income. Um, But uh, my focus has been for the past uh, 30-some years, if not longer, uh, to bring the value-added byproduct of my livestock, which is what made Haven Seed Company a world leader. We were large-scale agriculture before there were words of organic and sustainable and all of that. It was the way my family farmed, and the horses and the mules that were raised to pull the equipment through the fields to the livestock that were raised to feed the workers, the manure was harvested, processed, and put into tea bags and brewed in, say, 30,000-gallon vats and flood irrigated to get the nutrients back into the soil. Haven Seed Company was the largest producer of seed. We grew produce for seed. We grew over 90 varieties of tomatoes alone. And if you think back, it wasn't that long ago that people thought tomatoes were poisonous. So, you know, <laughs> my family's kind of always been out there on, on the edge, and I guess I'm still out there on the edge. Well, let me, let me stop you for a second, Annie. Now, you know, if you're growing... Um, tomatoes for seed, then you're probably not growing tomatoes in. The, and I'm I'm an ignorant about this, but I I would assume you're not growing uh, tomatoes in the quantity that tomato growers are doing it for food, because you just need to harvest the seed. Is that right? Well, no, actually, we grew more because. Oh, really? At Lee Burpee, Comstock Ferry, we shipped to all of the seed companies. I'll post uh, for you uh, some of the records of the list of tomatoes that we grew from, say, 19, that would have been ready for the harvest of 1916. And some of my great-grandfather's correspondence with At Lee Burpee, where he was trialing a variety of tomato, received the seeds in February of 1912, and then was corresponding back in, in I believe it was August of, of 1912, letting them know that there really wasn't any difference between these dwarf varieties and the way they produced. Um, I'm very fortunate in my family that they kept very detailed records. And at the end of each year, whether it was personal correspondence or business, they bound them in books. So are you, are you still growing tomatoes now? I only grow them for myself. Oh, okay. <laughs> when, when, when did you, okay. And what else are you growing uh, right now? Anything? 
Well, not a whole lot with the drought. So everything here at the ranch from the rose gardens to, you know, my small veggie garden, but I'm not putting any new plantings in here because I don't have the water to spare. You know, if it, if I'm going to be using water, it's going to be, you know, out in the pastures. So if yeah. it's well established, it's surviving. And if it's, if it's not, then it's, you know, it's just you just learned that there are things that you do in the drought. Yeah, well, but the the difference being that in the valley, they have to still produce all that food. Uh, where are they getting their water from if you if you don't have any? Well, what's happening up there is they're fallowing their land. They're tearing up trees. They're only farming maybe thirty percent of the land that they would normally farm, and and they're only getting. And this is a really sad, sad part. And, and like I said, I hope people will get on my job depends on ag because there is so much pertinent information being posted on there and they can talk directly with the farmers. But the state of California is only allocating 5% water for the farmers up in the valley. They're farming them out. And then this, like I said, this started as a political drought and has now been enhanced by Mother Nature. So, how I started reducing my herd, you know, nine years ago, the farmer's just reducing the amount of land he's farming. The amount of land that he's not farming, that's, you know, that's less on the grocery store shelves. Now you can start to see where the cost affects the end consumer. And again, it doesn't matter whether it's an organic farmer or if it's a conventional farmer. Yeah. It's happening to everybody. All right, well, let's get uh, – well, I, I'm sorry to interrupt, I, but let's get then to um, your product, uh, your, your Mupu tea and, and the other uh, teas that you put together. Um, how has the drought affected your ability to produce those? Well, fortunately, I have very good employees that have nothing better to do all day long than meander around and eat and produce a byproduct that is what <laughs> I for the manure tea. The best employees in the world. And how many how many of those employees do you have uh, on your farm? Or do you call it a ranch or a farm? Well, I'm a, I'm it, it's a ranch. Okay. It's a, um, it's smaller than what people think when they see these sprawling ranches in Montana and thousands of acres. I'm I'm cut off from the BLM, so I can't. It, it's not advantageous for me to take those kind of contracts. Yeah. Uh, so uh, it's, you know, private held land, um, and I've got uh, about 100 head in San Juan, and um, I've got 10 head over here in Murrieta. That's actually pretty small. So how is it Very, How is it you're able to, uh, to continue to put out your product with such a small herd? Because they're really good employees. <laughs> <laughs> they're all full of it. Uh, can I... Can uh, I <laughs> I said they're all full of it. <laughs> yes, yes. Well, that and, that and that's all they have to do all day long. They're in the lap of luxury. They they just kind of meander from one shade tree to the other around here. <laughs> I want now, that job. How do I do that? How do I apply for that? It actually makes it even easier for me to harvest. So. Yeah. Well, uh, all right. So tell me, uh, yesterday when, when you and I communicated yesterday, you said <laughs> you were up to your elbows in mupu tea, and I'm <laughs> and I'm trying to get a visual of that. Uh, what does that actually mean? Well, I harvest from the pastures by hand, and I process by hand. So, um, 
yeah, it, 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 it's growing season. So, uh, you know, I'm, I'm very blessed, very fortunate for social media to have been able to, to, to reach out and touch the gardeners. I always knew if I could get the product in their hand, uh, the product would sell itself, and it has. So, um, you know, we're a small operation here that does high volume. So elbow deep in Mupu tea, I've got my little routine of harvesting in the morning and processing. And, you know, sometimes I can be processing till 1 o'clock in the morning when it's 106 degrees here. Wow. Yeah. And from there, it's hand-packaged into the little 3 by 5 cotton tea bags. And, that I've, and, I've, I've, I have some at home. And, uh, uh, and, uh, and then you just take that uh, tea and you, you put it in... Uh, a bucket of uh, distilled or, or water that's evaporated. Uh, I imagine that uh, you don't want uh, um, all the additives that go into municipal water systems uh, in that tea, do you? No, I usually recommend that they fill a, fill a container full of water and allow it to air, you know, at least 24 hours. It helps. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, yeah, they, I'm... Uh, Excited to every day get posts from people from all over uh, who are brewing the tea. Uh, you know, you walk in and you look at all the products on the store shelf, and you've got some for tomatoes and some for violets and some for orchids. My cow manure tea works for everything. It's safe for all plants, indoors, outdoors, safe for all soil types, succulents, leavens. And and I think it's important uh, for folks to know that you don't call it a fertilizer. It's a you call it a uh, natural soil conditioner. Correct. It's a soil amendment. So it's yeah, it's not a fertilizer. So the plants will absorb the nutrients they need out of it, and what they don't absorb goes into conditioning the soil. So it's a win-win. You're not losing anything. You're building soil all the time. Yeah, and you also so, and you also uh, do other kinds of tea other than the manure tea yes because i have my horses i also have the horse manure again my livestock are grass fed so uh the horse manure very synonymous with roses as well as the alfalfa tea alfalfa tea primarily came online because of the rosarians that were requesting it it's a great uh nutrient feed uh uh after your uh last sign of frost and then I give them another good drink of it uh, right before the fall flush. Uh, it really stimulates the roots. So, um, you know, it's there's the three flavors. And if you'd like to give out <laughs> whoever calls in and gets your book, I'd love to send them some. Okay, so we'll add that. to So whoever calls in uh, to the station today at 312-985-7834 to get a book, what, what are they going to receive from you as well? They will receive a sampler three pack, which will have the cow manure, the horse manure, and the alfalfa tea. And uh, each, each one of those tea bags brews up five gallons. You can dilute it with another five gallons. And then I tell everybody, take that tea bag, throw it in another five gallons, and squeeze it for all it's worth. The tea may not be as dark, but the nutrient value is there. So you get about a little over 15 gallons of manure tea out of one little three-by-five tea bag. So it's wow. a long way. Yeah, it does. And I've done that, too, where, you know, the first one, when you're done, yeah, you take it out and put it in a second bucket. And like you said, perhaps you can even do it in a third. Um, well, before I let you go, Annie, um, you know, I want to get very quickly get back to the um, 
the the uh, the rain issue and and um, the drought you've been dealing with. You guys did not get the the El Nino rain that you thought you were going to get in the state over the winter, did you? No, and about uh, I don't know, maybe eleven months ago, there was a, a, a large convention of meteorologists. I believe it was in Oklahoma. Don't pin me on that one. Uh, I could go back and find the article, but they at that time said, oops, sorry, folks, the El Nino is big. There just isn't any precipitation in it, so you're not going to be getting any rain. Well, the thing is, is that it takes as long to come out of a drought as it did to get in it. So even if we were getting normal to above normal rainfall, we'd still be in a drought. We've got a lot of groundwater to make up, and... You know, the sad, sad, sad part, Mike, is if people understood how much water is being flushed out of these dams into the Sacramento Delta every day under the environmental guise of saving the smelt fish. Billions of gallons of water. And so that's why I'd like folks to tune in over to My Job Depends on Ag. They can connect with Eric Wilson, but like I said, it's it's farmers and ranchers. We're all family farms, and it's 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 a tough one. Yeah, it's what we're up against, as well as the high speed rail that they're up against. Um, you know, it's uh, like I said, you know, farming us out of California. So your options are Mexico. <laughs> you know, a lot of a lot of uh, uh, growers are are going to you know Arizona and parts that direction. Uh, it's 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 tough. Uh, you know, I've got to look more into the smelt uh, controversy, and I'm glad you brought that up, and I will do that. And maybe we, that's something that we can uh, cover here uh, on the show. Um, I, you know, in talking about uh, getting back to the Colorado thing, their new law allows residents to collect and store up to 110 gallons of rainwater as long as you put it back in the ground on your property, uh, as if they're going to be able to determine if somebody's actually doing that. Um, but it, it just seems to me, as you said before, we've got to figure out how to stop taking it out of the ground. And one of the ways to do it is intercept it, um, and allow some of it to go into the ground and then we can capture some of it and use it. And it makes me wonder, one of the things uh, in the Colorado law is if they determined that too much rainwater is being diverted by rain barrels, they'll make a change in it. And my and I and I sit here scratching my head because I know that there aren't enough people out there with rain barrels to make a difference in the water. It, it really has to do with the rains. Uh, but if 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 a bunch of people are saving 110 gallons, I don't I don't see that as diverting all that much water from the the grounds in the state of Colorado. And I wonder how you feel about that, Annie. Well. I agree with you, Mike. I mean, we've got to conserve water. This this control by the EPA to control our water has, like I said, this isn't a, this isn't a new fight. This goes back, you know, long before I was born. You know, in the in the late twenties and thirties, this goes back to the the issue in Mulholland and in in California and taking the water from the Owens Valley. Um, there's always water wars, but. They want control of our water. They want control of the groundwater. And again, like I said, this drought has given them a step up with that where they're 
metering people's individual private wells now. Um, but yet there's been no uh, no monies focused towards infrastructure to create some of these retention uh, dams that we need. Interesting. Uh, and, and you're saying that's the EPA? Uh-huh. Uh, well, you know, and it's and it's different. They want, different. What? They want control over everything, coast to coast. <laughs> well, see, now that's that. You know, I I would say, uh, um, it's not. I don't feel the same way here in in Illinois. Certainly not in terms of water, because we we're not in the middle of a drought. There are other uh, EPA issues, and and part of the problem with the whole EPA uh, argument uh, as boogeyman is that. You get some people who say EPA is taking over the world, and then you've got the people uh, on the other side who say the EPA isn't strong enough because they're not protecting us. So where's the truth of that situation? Well, uh, when, when they can't control, what was that that issue they just had here not too long ago with that gold mine, and they just polluted all those that river that runs all down through uh, New Mexico and that. And they, they can't control their own holdings as it is. How can they reach out and expect to get? Them? All right. Now, now that's where I will take you on uh, because that issue, yeah, the EPA was, was managing that when that broke free and those, uh, uh, those, the remnants of that uh, gold mine went downstream. Here's a problem. That was set up by the the companies, the mining companies who over the last 100, 150 years could do pretty much anything they want, and they walk out the door, and who gets stuck with it? The government has to has to figure out how to keep this stuff from ending up in the streams. And and to me, that's just um, uh, capitalism run amok uh, in terms of the uh, the mining, because there are, there are mines, uh, remnant mines all over the country that are leaking and it's because we didn't set up a strong enough system to protect the folks who live around there in the first place at least that's my opinion on that so you know know, we go back to that same kind of thing and this was very recent within the last year or so you know that go back to the early 80s and the farmers and ranchers in the san joaquin valley fighting to keep the fracking water from being injected back into the ground then when all this comes up with the drought, the surface water, and they're finding more and more and more wells contaminated. Uh, I think it was NBC was interviewing somebody in Sacramento, and they said, oh, well, you know, uh, there's a there's a long permit process to get those permits, and it should have never been done. It must have gone through loopholes. But, you know, most of those people are, that, that approved those permits are either passed away or retired now, so there's really nothing we can do about it. And that to be the mentality of the things that I see as the politicians come through or the agencies come through and these reforms come through. You know, they don't care about the long-term impact. They're not looking that far ahead. And then when it does come, it's in everybody's lap. So. Well, you know, there, there's some truth to that, too. And, and the idea that you can re-inject the, the fracking water is, is, is uh, insanity itself. And that... That's something that's becoming clearer and clearer is that we have not protected um, uh, the people of this country from the effects of fracking, and and we've glossed that over. And so that's something uh, uh, with which I will agree with you. 
Uh, well, Annie, I got to let you go, but uh, if folks are interested, uh, they can go to Authentic Haven Brand to get their Moo Poo Tea, um, and that's at manuretea.com. Uh, you can always go to uh, uh, I'm, now. I'm going to the Facebook uh, here. Um, Authentic Haven Brand Natural Brew is on Facebook. Annie Haven's on Facebook. Um, you can go to Green Soil, which is uh, Annie's Twitter handle. Uh, what am I missing here? Oh, Mike, I think you got it covered. I think you got it covered. <laughs> and, 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 and you need to know that Annie, uh, <laughs> Annie knows how to work it, baby. Uh, she is all over the uh, social media world uh, and universe. Let me say the universe because Annie's always showing up, and uh, I'm I'm impressed. I got to tell you, um, I'm I don't I, you know you and I have talked about this uh, in the past, but someday I'm just going to travel out there and 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 take a seminar on social media from you right out <laughs> at, at your ranch because. Well, you just come right on out. The ranch gate's always open to you, and we'll just sit right down and start chit-chatting. But, you know, the thing is, Mike, is you guys have such great information. It makes sharing it really easy. Well, that's kind of the job. That's my yeah. That's my deal. Uh, I try to make it as as painless as possible. And um, uh, as uh, as Kathleen has always said. It's easier to make to change people's minds when they're laughing than when they're crying. Um, so there's a little bit we talk a little bit about stuff that makes people cry, but then we try to make them laugh so uh, that they'll go out and get uh, energized and do something about it. Well, there was a post on my Facebook stream the other day from someone that said, "Annie, I haven't tried your product yet, but a hundred plus garden writers can't be wrong." I've seen <laughs> that. Yeah. What sharing is about. Yeah, exactly. That's- so uh, if you're interested, yeah, all you got to do is pop on uh, on Facebook or Twitter or go to her website, and, you, and you're going to see the testimonials. And uh, if you're interested in trying out Moo Tea, that's what you should do. So, uh, Annie, I am, uh, I'm going to let you go. And uh, uh, this was just wonderful. I, I, we've never had, we've talked this long before, uh, and uh, we've got to do it again soon. Well, when you come out to California, Mike, just bring your water. <laughs> okay, I will do it, and I'll try to bring it in a steel container so that the plastic doesn't end up in the Pacific Ocean. Bingo. You guys, <laughs> wonderful day. Thank you very much. It's always a pleasure. Uh, and uh, Same here, Annie. Take care. Have a great day. Bye-bye. Bye. There she goes, Annie Haven. Uh, and uh, um, as we said earlier, if anybody wants to call in at 312-985-7834, not only will they get a copy of Attack of the Killer Asparagus, my book, but they will get a sample pack of Mupu tea from Authentic Haven brand, so uh, 312-985-7834. And we hope you're all following us on Facebook and Twitter, too, so... Yeah, we're trying. We're working it too, right? All right. Well, you and I will talk about a couple of stuff. We got to do this first. Oh, wait, wait. And I think before that, I just thought, oh, yeah, let's let you. Okay. Don't mind me here, folks, uh, while I bring this. Annie, why don't you. uh, You're not Annie. You're Peggy. (laughs) You're Peggy. Peggy, do that for me, will you? Are you tired of the same old, same old big box store, genetically modified, clone till you drop, be assassin garden center plants? Yes. 
Well, you say you want something really different. I do. You're buying the same day lilies and hostas oh, that everybody no, else has. Oh, I hate that. Well, Mike, you need to garden with plants that have thousands of years of natural design behind them. Really? And that have been working for thousands of Oops. years with our local pollinators and other fauna. Garden with native plants. Uh. Natives are the natural choice, and you can get them locally from Natural Communities Native Plants online at naturalcommunities.net. If you truly want to go green, the truly green choice is native plants. Natural Communities Native Plants are locally grown and sourced, and they've got more than 150 species native to the Chicago region. They use online shopping and mail delivery, or you can talk to them in person at local green events. Plant with Chicagoland's native plant source, Natural Communities Native Plants. Go to naturalcommunities.net. My buddy, Mike Novak, works for an outfit that is trying to take over the country, but in a good way. Here's what I mean. He writes a column for Chicagoland Gardening Magazine, and that magazine is published by the same folks who publish magazines in 21 states, from Minnesota to Florida, from Pennsylvania to Oklahoma. They're called State by State Gardening, and in most of the Midwest and the South, you can get your hands on a magazine that is going to teach you a lot about gardening in your own state. These great publications feature articles by some of the leading gardening experts in each state, including famous authors, nursery owners, state extension agents, master gardeners, and even Mike. Well, you can't hit a home run in every at-bat. And who knows, if your state doesn't have a state-by-state gardening magazine, they might very soon. Subscribe today by going to statebystategardening.com or call 888-265-3600. That's 888-265-3600. Trying to weather the housing market? Consider replacing your windows and siding. Remodeling Magazine says they're some of the nation's most popular projects today. Trust DR Services Unlimited, 847-998-1687 for all your remodeling and energy needs. Rated A-plus by the Better Business Bureau and recommended on Angie's List. DR is a proud member of NARI. DR provides exceptional quality at a fair price. Contact DR at 847-998-1687 or at RestoreTheNorthShore.com. It's not just your garden. It's the way you live. And there's so much to know. But you have help. Bonnie Plants. Now with Bonnie's app, Homegrown, you can learn about veggie and herb varieties, track and record your garden with photos and notes, share on Facebook and Twitter, and so much more. How'd you ever grow without it? Get Homegrown with Bonnie Plants for iPhone and Android. The more you know, the better you can grow with Bonnie Charlie is a friend of mine Used to live downtown In a little rented place Up behind the movie house Charlie had a rooftop garden Planted out of view And what was Charlie's garden Hiding should be clear to you I'm going up Up in Charlie's garden Going up up in Charlie's garden, those eight roses growing up, up in Charlie's garden. What do you think he's talking about? Charlie is a uh, yeah, exactly. Uh, it's Mike Novak show on Q4 Radio, 1680 AM, but I hope you're listening either at MikeNovak.net or at QUE numeral 4.org or maybe on the TuneIn app 
Uh, maybe someplace else. And if you call, still waiting for that phone call. Yeah. We're feeling lonely here, guys. 312-985-7834. You'll get a copy of Attack of the Killer Asparagus. And a three-pack of manure tea. And a three-pack of manure tea. And so I'm keeping my eye on this. And I I wonder if I've been distracted so I haven't seen the calls pouring in. The call pouring in. (laughs) Anyway, uh, thank you for your gift that I'm looking at across the table here. Um, Peggy went digging in her own backyard, in her own garden. And tell me what you brought. We have a lovely pot of red trillium. Red trillium. From my yard. It's wow. finally dried out enough that I could bring some into you. <laughs> uh, they're done blooming for the season, and before they disappear, mm-hmm. I can put them in the ground in mine. Now, uh, are they like in full shade, these, or what? These came out of almost full sun. Really? So I have them in full shade. I have them in full sun. I have them in dappled shade. I have them in dry, hard-packed clay. I have them in standing wet water from the rain garden. Wow. They grow anywhere. What they seem to love is um, lots of organic material and an acidic soil. I have uh, mostly oak trees and native white cedar. And so and, it's, it sounds like, I, I, you know, these could go anywhere in my yard. Well, thank uh-huh. you. I can't wait to get those planted. How cool is that? And they have little rhizomes, so it's very, very shallow. Little rhizomes. Little teeny rhizomes. Okay. What is dinging here? Uh, my phone. My phone's okay. just going insane because George in the studio here is is tweeting like crazy, and so it's all popping up on my phone. Yeah, I can just hold this in front of the phone, tweet again, and then we'll just hear everybody, everybody here go ding, ding. Oh, no, I know what's happening is more uh, LinkedIn people are being added to my go. contact list. That's what's happening. Um, so you, there's – you know, we've talked about other stuff uh, coming up um, – and I don't know if I'm going to get to this. I hope we do. I know the next couple of weeks are pretty well booked, and that's why the bike thing coming up, uh, I wanted you to mention. What, mm-hmm. it, what is that? Because you cover these for Natural Awakening Chicago. Yeah, sneak preview to our June issue, which comes out next week. Do I get a ding? Ding, ding. There you go. Yay. So, Am I in that one? Yes, you are. I got a little little article about yeah. – about shout out my, to you too. To about uh, – uh, what I'm doing here at Q4. Yeah, cool. and, and, and the, the dapper photo of you, too. Ah. So Bike Week happens every year sponsored by Active uh, Trans... The Active Transportation Alliance. Because I have their URL here, which is Active Trans. Right. Um, Bike Week 2016 and the Commuter Bicycle Challenge. This year it's the 25th annual Chicago Bike Week. It's mm-hmm. June 10th through 17th, and it's going to be held at multiple locations around the city. Um, ending with Bike to Work Rally on June 17th that starts at Daly Plaza. And the point of it is a whole week celebrating people leaving their cars at home and biking to work and realizing it's going to save them money, get them some fresh air, hopefully. and Some keep, exercise. And clear some traffic in the streets, uh, too. Maybe. Although, you know, I think we're in that. And, you know, and I think we should have somebody from the active transportation Mm -hmm. alliance on the show to talk about it because i think we're in that period right now the transitional period where there are more and more bike riders in the city and the old timers the car drivers and i'm you know and i do both um are a little resentful because there's so much space now being devoted to the the bike traffic um and both sides tend to get a little chip on their shoulder 
no, I have the right to be here. No, I have the right to be here. And then, you know, and it's if you've ever been to London or uh, some of the other great cities of the world, uh, they've coexisted for decades. Okay, Um, and it's crazy. You know, I can remember London, you know, if you're a bike rider. You just got to do it. It's like you got one of those uh, rotaries or roundabouts. You just get in the traffic and you go. And uh, that's the way it works. And they're looking out for you and you're looking out for them. And you got to look out for yourself. And it's a little tricky. uh, But, you know, I think necessary. If if Chicago wants to become one of the great cities of the world, uh, the bike traffic is going to have to increase. Well, Bicycling Magazine has named Chicago the second Whoa, most We got a, a hold Ooh. on. Phone call pouring in. Good morning. It's the Mike Novak show. Hi. Um I'm calling about the giveaway. Oh, you're on you're the air by the way. Morning. Uh who who is this? Um Nancy Bender. Nancy. Good morning, I've Nancy. Before. Yes, you have. How are you? Good. Um well, I was just getting ready to go out to the yard, but I couldn't resist listening to the show. Uh, well, thank you. I'm glad. I'm glad you're listening. And where do you live again, Nancy? Um, I'm in Edgewater. Oh, right, in the city of Chicago. How great! Well, exactly. Nancy, uh, you are going to get a uh, copy of Attack of the Killer Asparagus and uh, Annie Haven's uh, little sample pack of Mupu tea. We have her number up there to call her back, right? Uh, you know what? She she, she was awesome. Uh, yeah, she was great, wasn't she? Here's oh what I want gosh. you to do. Here's what I want you to do, Nancy. Uh, write, give, shoot me um, a message at mike at mikenovak.net. I think you've okay. got that uh, email address. Yeah. And give me your contact information, and we'll make sure we get this to you. Okay. Well, thank you so much, and your show is great as usual. Well, thank you. Thank, thank you, Nancy. I appreciate it. You, uh, are you doing anything special today? Um, going out and um, trying to get my yard back together. I had some... A smaller trees removed on Monday that I didn't cite properly, and so <laughs> they were getting out of control. And so uh, I just, I just closed my eyes and um, said, "Take them out." I'm with you there. I know. I know. I've got some that have to go in my own yard. Uh, it's gonna. You got to gird your loins, and then you you go out and you do it. Yeah, it made me really sad because the apple tree was blooming. And you well, know, I'm not going to take my apple tree out while it's blooming, but I may be taking it yeah. out. My crab apple, um, even though it's a great one, it's just kind of uh, out of bounds. It, it's you know, I'm, I find I got to prune it every year, and I'd rather have something that I don't have to prune every year. So, oh well. Yeah. All you right. What? what? Yes. Uh, quick question. Sure. Do peach trees do very well in the Midwest. You know, you can grow peaches in the Midwest. I haven't. Uh, okay. You know what? I, what? What? Yes. Go ahead. Oh, do you need more than one? Because I have one in my yard and it's doing nothing. That's a good question. There's, uh, I, I don't have the answer to that. Tell you the truth, okay. I, I, you know, I, I'd have to look it up. Um, maybe somebody uh, does have the answer to that. Some of my listeners. Uh, so, why, um, before you head out, you know, because I know that there's there's folks uh, who are listening. Maybe uh, Dan Costa, who was here last week. Um, I know my grandfather used to grow peaches. In his backyard in Detroit, those those were some of the most rock hard pieces oh, no. of fruit that I ever ate. <laughs> um, and we used to get like he'd give us bushels of them, these rock hard little peaches. And I don't know if it's because he picked them early or what, but mm-hmm. you know it was kind of break your teeth on those things. Um, 
but um, that's what I remember about growing peaches up in the Midwest. But I know you can. Uh, I, I'm not an expert on peaches. I've never grown them. Um, I wish I could just off the top of my head give you that information, but I will track it down for you, Nancy. Okay, terrific. Thank you. All right, take care. Have a great Sunday. You too. Bye. Bye. Uh, I saw another call coming in. You can call back, 312-985-7834. Whoever that was, call again. Because I had, I had Nancy on the phone, and I was uh, trying to get uh, uh, to her, uh, and uh, I'd, be, I'd be happy to give away another copy of Attack of the Killer Asparagus. 312-985-7834. Peggy and I need to take a break. It's 10 o'clock, right? So we need to do uh, a little business uh and then uh get to uh our next guest am i did i uh, miss anything by the way that uh, we need to uh, no i think we got everything here uh except for the uh, missing the uh, one phone call that came in call back please please, uh, please. <laughs> let's not be desperate here we don't no, we just want to talk to that person i i do i just want to say hi meanwhile let's do oh wait before we do that, let's make sure I don't have... Yep, okay. Before we do that, I want to let you know that uh, Genesis is the Midwest's... Wait, this, see, this thing is still going... There's my, my phone is just like going crazy because Twitter stuff's coming. a million LinkedIn fans. Oh, my gosh. Okay. Did you know that Genesis is the Midwest's largest source of airbrush supplies? Find out more at Chicago airbrushsupply.com or artsupply.com stop into their showroom 2525 north elston right below us as a matter of fact and say that you heard about them on q4 radio or the mike novak show even better and get an extra 10 percent off their already discounted prices all month long genesis chicago's only privately owned art supplier serving all of chicago's artistic framing and drafting needs since 1940 and Six. Captain's log, stardate 42326.1. The Enterprise is under attack by an apparently hostile life form. Mr. Wolf, status report. Inexplicable, Captain. They appear to be perambulating vegetables. We are being stalked by stalks of asparagus. That is incorrect, Mr. Wolf. Asparagus officinalis, or killer asparagus, was the subject of a very popular 21st century tome by the brilliant author Mike Novak. Mike Novak. I'm familiar with his work. Mike Novak was one of the smartest, funniest people in the horticultural world of the 21st century. Sound red alert. Shields up. Tell me more, Mr. Data. He has been variously compared to Mark Twain, Dave Barry, and Edgar Allan Poe. Edgar Allan Poe, author of my favorite children's stories. Captain, I am attempting to access a copy of the masterpiece. Hmm, it seems to be available online at AroundTheBlockPress.com. 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 Yes, Mr. Watt. Yes, Captain. AroundTheBlockPress.com. How many times can I say it? Hey, this is Peggy. When I speak at local events, people often ask me, aren't you the Peggy in the Natural Awakenings ads? And that makes me happy because it reminds me that Chicagoans want to live healthier lives, and Natural Awakenings magazine helps them do just that. Natural Awakenings, it's the greenest, healthiest magazine in the Chicago area. Each month, we bring you the latest information about health and wellness, complementary medicine, fitness and exercise, raising healthy kids, and even healthy pets. You'll find articles about healthy homes, too, including gardening, energy efficiency, and green living. And if you love good food, you'll always find tasty recipes and cooking hints. Check out our monthly calendar. It's full of events to help keep you connected. Natural Awakenings is available in more than 1,100 locations throughout Chicago and suburban Cook, Lake, and McHenry counties. 
and it's free. Or visit us online at nachicagonorth.com. Natural awakenings. Feel good. Live simply. Laugh more. Welcome back to the Mike Novak Show, still Chicago's only locally broadcast deep green gardening and environment program. Broadcasting live every Sunday from the Genesis Art Supply Building on North Elston Avenue, on Q4 Radio, and at MikeNovak.net. Here he is again, Mike Novak. Everybody sing. Here we are at Q4 singing songs about 14-year-olds. Okay. That can't be healthy. That cannot be healthy. And swatting flies. And swatting flies. We got, we got fruit flies in here, I think, or fun, fungus gnats, possibly. I'm not sure. If they're there's fruit. no screens on those windows. Well, there's a the kind of – oh, you're right. One screen is out, and <laughs> uh, uh, all right. uh, Oh, wait. I tried – he should have picked up. We're going to have to call uh, our, our guest again. But uh, George Brigandi is here. Do you, is that how you pronounce your last name? Or Briga- yeah, Brigandi? Technically, it's Brigandi, but Brigandi. it's Brigandi. So, yeah, you got the hard Chicago way. He's a stalker, and uh, that's why he's <laughs> Finally here. Finally got into the studio. That's right. Uh, so I, I let him in because I, I was... Uh, Let's move a little closer there, oh, George. Oh, sure. This is my oh, no, first he's, he's, uh, he's radio doing great. He's, so. he's doing great. All right. I don't, have, I don't have a problem with that. <laughs> I thought you were doing all right. Well, thank you. Uh, you were talking, we were talking about, uh, and while I, while I dial here um, for our, our, our guest, our next guest, um, you were telling me about Paris and riding bike. Yeah. Well, la-di-da. <laughs> yeah, the, uh, I heard uh, a couple of weeks ago that the Champs-Élysées in Paris... Oh, I thought maybe you were going to tell me about being there on the Champs-Élysées. Uh, I wish. No. Oh, okay. <laughs> no, but uh, they've uh, marked a day, I believe it's each month, that they will have biking only in that specific area of the city to uh, reduce their carbon footprint and obviously emissions. Um, and I think they're trying to expand upon it in the coming years. But really? that's just the start of their initiative to be a little more green. Cool. Yeah. Uh, let's see if uh, we have got uh, Stephen Cutter here. I think we might. Stephen, are you with us? Yeah. Hi. Are you there, Mike? Yeah. Yeah. Good to talk to you. I'm glad you're there. I wasn't sure. Hi, Stephen. I redialed, and I, and, I, and I didn't know whether you had dropped off the line or not. But uh, he's here, Stephen Cutter. How are you, my man? I'm doing well. Just enjoying the beautiful day and uh, getting ready for my son's birthday party. Uh, <laughs> yeah, which is why you're not in the studio, dude. Okay, you owe me one. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I have a, I have a valid excuse why I'm not there. No, you're not. No, it's no, 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 no. See, here's what you don't understand. Nothing is a valid excuse. Uh, for not showing up. I mean, because all people, I got, I, I, you got to understand. I my show is on Sunday. All right. If I let yeah. Uh, uh, birthdays and Mother's Day and holidays get in the way. I would never have any guests because everybody would always have some kind of valid, and I'm using air quotes here, valid excuse about why they can't be there on a Sunday. So my feeling is no excuses are valid. 
You know, I I, I let De- right, I, next time I'll uh, I'll be there no matter what. I, I let DeMaio go this time, but uh, and I'm letting you off the hook this time because you got a great concept. Okay, so and and you know it's funny. I was talking earlier about how you and I met, and the first time uh, I remember talking to you was uh, back at Progresso Radio down the dial, and uh, you called in and you said. I want to do something important. You know, I, I, you sounded like you, you sounded like um, Jimmy Stewart in It's a Wonderful Life. I want to do something big and something yeah, important. I, I remember I remember I went on a rant for about three to five minutes about um, being able to find protests. There's not a there's not a good way to find a protest. Well, I hope you were to. I hope you were in uh, Whiting, Indiana last Sunday. I mean, we we covered it here on the show and then 41 people got arrested. You could have gotten yourself arrested last week Ooh. if you were really you know, I, actually, I was in I was in DC for the the 350 uh, uh, break free uh, last Sunday. Were you really in um, DC? To, wow! Yeah, and then I, I actually that night I camped out outside a Lincoln Memorial in my hammock uh, in a tree. Are you kidding um, me? <laughs> in a tree? Yeah, it was, yeah, it was about 30 feet up in a tree, and uh, it was very peaceful, very peaceful. Surrounded by but, cherry blossoms. And then I went to. Yeah. Yesterday I went to the March against Monsanto um, in downtown. Uh, uh, Holy smoke! You you uh, don't you don't mess around, huh? No, I mean uh, any small act uh, of a good deed uh, resonates. So I, I try to do as many uh, of these little things as I can. You know, um, you want trying, that's what I'm trying to do with G Ride. I'm trying to empower people to be able to, to feel like they make a difference, uh, to be able to take a stand and uh, and uh, make a make this world a better place. Well, explain what G Ride is. Cool, cool. So I'll give you a little breakdown uh, of it. Um, I started this idea about uh, eight months ago. Um, had an LED light business and uh, starting a new business. I needed to make some extra cash. And so okay, stop, doing, stop, uh, right, stop, 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 stop right there. Who has an <laughs> LED? Who has an LED light business? Okay, what? what uh, I do. I do. What I me, do. meaning? What? What's an LED light business? So we do retrofitting for commercial industrial spaces, uh, gas stations, car dealers. Uh, one of the greenest things you can do is uh, to change your lights to LEDs. It saves over 70% on the energy. All right, you so, know, and, and, and it does do that. Um, I ran into this guy about two years ago, maybe three. I think it was a couple of years. No, probably about like three years ago now. And, and, and I didn't follow up on that, uh, and I should have, because he was a guy who said, yeah, you know, LEDs are okay, but we can do better than that. Um, and he had some product that he wanted to get out that was actually more efficient than LEDs. Have you heard of anything like that? I heard of some stuff coming up, but not actually anything on the market now. Um, he might know more than I do, but, um, yeah, there's a handful of things coming up. Actually, incandescence uh, might be the new uh, a new way. So an incandescent bulb is, is mislabeled as a heater, generates a ton of heat. So there's a, a group of scientists uh, converting that heat that's generated back into energy for the light. So it's almost like an endless loop cycle. Well, so see, the, now that makes, uh, that makes total sense. Uh, and here we are back, uh, back to the future, right? Yeah, 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 for sure. For sure. So, uh, but uh, yeah, LEDs are, are pretty efficient now and they're really cost effective. Uh, they last 20 years and, uh, um, and the price yeah, is uh, and the price is coming down too. I mean, and now it's not. You know, a couple of years ago it was crazy. It's like you you were paying forty bucks for an LED, 
and it's and it's amazing that once they start making them, how how that happens. We need to make more Teslas, oh, yeah. mm-hmm. Tesla cars, so that I can buy one. I can't afford the uh, whatever that the, the new S. Out. Yeah, whatever. Well, I, I, I'll test drive it. If anybody who uh, who's got a Tesla and wants to call in here, I'll test drive it for you. I would love to do that. I might be able yeah. to arrange that. Actually. Well, actually, funny, uh, funny you say that. With uh, so, I'll get I'll get back to G Ride for the moment. Uh, uh, yeah, no, no, I'm sorry, I inter- I interrupt. Go ahead, go ahead. Tell us your story. <laughs> I'll tell us the story. So, um, I started this about eight months ago when I started uh, Uber and Lyft driving, and realized there's no uh, green concept. Uh, in the industry and realized they weren't engaging the customers to really do anything besides take a ride. So over the last eight months, uh, we developed a, a strategy and a plan to only have uh, green vehicles uh, in our fleet. Um, and by taking a ride, uh, we're going to be planting a tree with every ride. Uh, every hundred rides, they make the rainforest and then pay to offset our carbon footprint. Uh, the goal there is to uh, make the world a better place by taking a ride. And we feel the the ultimate form of consumerism is by uh, uh, by using a product or service as you're doing something better for, for the world. So uh, that's the concept there. Uh, but we also feel like the, the drivers in the rideshare industry aren't being taken care of properly. They're doing the majority of the work, and they're getting the, the uh, blunt end of the stick. <laughs> so we're going to give the drivers a uh, higher pay. Uh, we're going to give them uh, a tip option. We're going to give them equity options. Uh, they're going to have a spot on the board, and uh, we plan on any full-time employee, we're going to pay for their vehicle. So the goal there is to get as many green vehicles on the road as, as we can uh, well, quickly. All right. Now, um, how, so, how, how, how do you do this? How do you accomplish this? Where do you get your nut to uh, to get this up and rolling? Um, you mean as far as funding? Yeah, I'm sorry. I was using kind of a, a showbiz term, which is, yeah, funding. <laughs> Yeah, so uh, we're actually launching a, an equity crowdfunding campaign on Monday uh, on TrueCrowd.com. Okay. Uh, so equity crowdfunding went live on a federal level. So uh, anyone who wants to invest in a startup now can. Uh, prior to that, you had to be an accredited investor, and you had to spend, uh, I think it was either five or $10,000 in a startup. Uh, now if you like an idea, like a startup, you can go on TrueCrowd.com and find G-Ride and uh, put in $100 and then buy shares in the company. Um, and we're actually we're going to be launching a, a campaign on uh, on Tom Hartman's show here in the next couple of weeks uh, to help raise funds for that. Um, the goal here is uh, to not try to take money from uh, the Goldman Sachs type group. Um, so with the with the driver equity option as well, uh, we're going to have an equity pool just for the drivers, um, and we plan on uh, having the drivers own roughly around thirty percent of the company as we grow. So. Every time we expand into a new market, we'll release, we'll release more shares to the drivers, and they can invest in the company and get in on the ground level um, and help grow uh, the movement itself. So, do it organically. So you're going to have uh, your drivers. You want 30% of the the investment to be from your drivers, and then uh, and the rest of it from whoever jumps in, right? Yep. Yep. Exactly. And uh, we already got a. Uh, uh, kind of a big uh, lead on the game. So um, my software is going to be, um, it's already a, a functioning app in Europe. It's a taxi cab app. Um, so all we have to do is, uh, we're right now in the process of just redesigning the website and adding some functions. Uh-huh. So the app will be ready in about eight weeks, and we plan on launching quickly quickly after that in Chicago. So wait, did you, you develop this app? No, um, I uh, got in contact with a, a gentleman named Bronco Chukowski, um, out of <laughs> He used to play Europe. football, um, didn't he, he uh, for the Bears? <laughs> yeah. 
No, different guy, different guy. Oh, oh maybe it was um, Green Bay. But uh, but no, he's got seven software companies, uh, most in fleet management, or uh, the one uh, I'm talking about in general is a taxi cab app. Um, that does everything that, that we need to do. All we have to do is just redesign it. So, uh, well, well, the uh, next and, and I've go ahead. And he's a, he's a very tech savvy guy. Uh, he's actually three year national champion in his home country coder, and uh, he's very business savvy. And we put together uh, one heck of a team um, uh, through this through my networking. Uh, a smile goes a long way. I found um, like a smile <laughs> and a good idea. Um, what about a coke? Do you have to so throw have, a coke in there too? Pretty, yeah. What's that? A Coke and a smile. Did you do you throw that in there as well? Never mind. Yeah, that's that's yeah, like sure, a sure. that's an ad campaign that's like forty years old. Okay, just uh, go ahead. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, we put together a heck of a team, and the real goal here, Mike, is to uh, to shift people's eco consciousness. Trying to have a paradigm shift. Um, there's a whole climate psychology uh, that people uh, are. We never had to face with doing the planet before, you know, in our entire history. So. Uh, it's hard to think about. Um, it's not in our backyard. Uh, so we're trying to make it easy to think about, uh, easy to make a difference, and put it in the backyard. So um, one of the goals is uh, called G-Starter. So G-Starter is like a Kickstarter. Uh, so while you get in the ride, you can select this G-Starter option, and we're basically going to inform you of an environmental problem, and we're going to crowdsource solutions from our riders. Uh, if the riders come up with a good solution to any number of problems, toothbrushes, for instance, you know, we can make bamboo toothbrushes or, or hemp, hemp-made toothbrushes. Uh, if they come up with a good idea, they submit it to the website, the, the riders and drivers will vote on them, and the winners get funded like a Kickstarter. So by taking a ride, you can start a business that makes the world a better place. Uh, that's 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 a that's a great way to go. It's, it's like you just keep uh, adding to the list of things that uh, you're doing. But let's let's – Let's back up a little bit because at the beginning of the show today, I was talking to Peggy um, about how uh, Uber was a $30 billion business at the moment. And she said, wow, I missed my chance to... uh, to uh, to get on the ground floor. Well, here you are. You can get in on the ground floor of, of G Ride right now, and anybody listening yeah. can get in the ground floor of G Ride and become a an Uber billionaire. Um, <laughs> but I'm just using Ubernight. Oh, oh, Ubernight. Oh, but um, yeah. thank you. All right. We uh, we we don't like the word that that word using a lot uh, Uber, but uh, <laughs> I don't blame you. In but, a green uh, minute. We, our goal here is not to be, uh, make a, a billion dollars. Uh, we want to make a billion impact. So we, we are a B Corp. So we have uh, um, uh, goals and bylaws set in place that we have to uh, follow and, and, and execute before we uh, we have a fiduciary responsibility. And, right, I don't even know what a B, yeah, and Stephen, B Corp is. What is a B Corp? Yeah. For our listeners here. Yeah, a B Corp is a, it's a benefit corp. So um, it's, uh, it's a, just, uh, for all intents and purposes, it's the same thing as a corporation. But uh, you can put in your bylaws uh, certain uh, environmental or humanitarian uh, uh, things you want to take care of, and you have to you have to actually have an officer assigned to make sure that all these these goals and uh, uh, get get accomplished. So yeah, um, wait, wait, wait. Let me get this. Yeah, cl- let me get Stephen. Let me get this clear. You're a do-gooder, right? Is that is that what you're telling me? <laughs> Uh, I haven't always been that way, but uh, I, I've, uh, I've come to realize in my life uh, uh, that the ultimate form of happiness is to make uh, other people's lives better. And uh, um, it's been a process. So, like, five years ago, I was in the pipeline industry. I had a pipeline supply company. Um, 
and I didn't really like what I was doing. I uh, sold the company off. I moved back to Chicago. And uh, I had some time to think for a little bit on what I wanted to do. And um, it started with my kids, really. I, uh, I made them watch a, a, a nature documentary before they'd watch cartoons. And uh, I was surprised about how much I didn't know about our, our natural world, and it really intrigued me. And then I started watching more adult-like documentaries um, about our environment, and it was uh, pretty daunting, um, the, the state we're in. So over the last five years, I've been coming up with ideas on how to, how to make the world a better place, and I stumbled upon uh, G-Ride. Uh, what about this pipeline company? What, what was that all about? Um, so, uh, it started in 2008. I, uh, I, I was a real estate agent at the time, Mike, and, uh, the market, I wasn't a good real estate agent either, by the way. And, uh, and the, the market, the market kind of crashed. In 2008. And, uh, yeah, nobody was at that time, Steven. Yeah. Don't take it too long. Yeah, hard. well, my sister, my sister still did just fine. So, uh, you can't use that excuse. You can't blame, uh, society for your own. Oh, problems. sure you can. I do it all the time, every day. I wake up every day and I blame society for something. Yeah, but anyways, uh, I called on a position uh, to get a, a part-time job as a delivery driver for a pipeline supply company. And after about two weeks of working there, uh, the owner had me manage the whole shop. And uh, I did that for about eight months and then said I can do this myself. And uh, I started my own company uh, for about four years um, and basically just traveled around. I was in northeast Pennsylvania for the last year and a half um, selling pipeline supplies, uh, hand tools, power tools, safety lifting and rigging, welding. And, uh, yeah, I was in that for about four years. And then uh, when I sold it and moved back, I uh, I realized I wanted to do something that made the world a better place, not just about money. And uh, I got into green right away. Uh, I started organic vegetable gardening um, with uh, Liberty Gardens uh, in Downers Grove. Oh, uh, that's uh, my friend Vicky Nowicki. Yeah. All yeah, right. Yeah. Ron and Vicky, uh, both two of the – Salty of the Earth people. Uh, I just talked to him before I called in the, the, the station today. Um, Did you tell and, him uh, to yeah, listen? Got me gardening. <laughs> what? Yeah, I told him to listen in. I told him to listen okay. in, and uh, he said uh, he said to say hi to Mike for him. So um, they're yeah, not so listening. That's kind of why I got started in gardening. Then I went into the LED game, and then I went into to starting my own. I don't know. I don't see. I don't understand people like you. Okay, I will be. I will be really. <laughs> I, I will be really, really honest now. And I say that not uh, pejoratively, but uh, kind of uh, bemused and also jealous. Uh, because you, 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 you do one thing and then you, you, it doesn't work or you, you're not interested and you move on to the next. And I don't even know how that happens where, you know, the serial entrepreneur, ser- serial entrepreneur, yeah. very good way of putting well, it. I, I, I equate it to, to two things. Um, uh, fear is, uh, what stops the majority of people from doing anything new, uh, from change, from, from trying a new thing, from starting the business to talking to that girl at the end of the bar. So, um, fear exists in my world, but I try to recognize it right away. And I, t- I try to tell it to shut up and, uh, and leave me alone. Um, wow. and then uh, the other, the other quote I like is, uh, so many, uh, so many of the right steps are never taken by not moving your foot. So you never know what's going to happen just by moving. So I just keep moving forward. So. Uh, okay. Uh, uh, Peggy just called up your, uh, LinkedIn page. How come, you know, if I, if I like him on LinkedIn, he's going to show up on my cell yeah. phone. You realize that on my smartphone. Yeah. Um, but, uh, no, I was, I, we were laughing earlier in the day about how, 
uh, my, all of my LinkedIn connections show up on my cell phone, and I don't even know who they are. Most of them. So, uh, but I want to yeah. get. But I want to get back to to the the G ride because. Um, okay, so you've got this this company that uh, it's going to go live. Did you say uh, how soon? Next couple of days. No, um, the the Kickstarter. The Kickstarter uh, the is what I meant. Crowdfunding goes live on Monday. Crowd, yeah. Um, which which crowdfunding site we, is we that? We the launch in, uh, in August uh, of this year. Okay, okay. So, uh, but you need people to go yeah. to the crowdfunding site. Uh, are you going to send me a link? Uh, how do they get to it right now? Um, so yeah, the, we actually the it just went live on Monday. And we turned in all our paperwork on uh, Friday, um, and the the site should be up on uh, on Monday. But the, the website's TrueCrowd.com. Um, it's not up yet. It'll be up Monday. And true, uh, our, uh, true, true crowd. True yep, crowd. dot com. See, and I knew it was going to be T R U, not T R U E, um, because <laughs> it's just to be annoying. Okay, just to be <laughs> annoying. It's like let's not use English words anymore. Let's do let's do Twitter words. True, yeah, true, yeah. man. Yeah. Uh, it's cool. It's hip, right? Everyone it's cool. Right. Cool. Exactly. It's so cool. And it's, it's a capital T and a capital C. You know, it's so hip. I'm hurting. Okay. <laughs> I can feel pains uh, in different parts of my body just hearing the word true without an E on it. Okay. All right. But, but yeah, let's get go. back. Let's get back to the true funding. Is that what it was? True True, true crowd. True, true crowd. crowd. True crowd. Be, come on, get hip, Mike. Get hip. <laughs> no way. That's not going to happen. Me getting hip? Are you out of your mind? Uh, okay, so true crowd. Uh, and, and what you're going to do, and I'm uh, demanding you do this, Stephen, is when it goes live, you send me the link, and then I'll put it on my vast media empire. You think Tom Hartman has followers? Oh, come on. Right, who? That guy's a loser. Uh, and, uh, and, and I see you, you know, you're teaming up with him. Uh, you know, you'll come crawling back to me and my show, uh, a few days afterward, I'm sure. Uh, yeah, I'm sure I will. I'm sure I will. Uh, but, uh, I know I want to direct people to that when it, when it goes live and, um, uh, and the other thing is you mentioned, uh, okay, there's, there's just so many things. One is you're going to plant a tree, but you are not going to do it. You've obviously, arranged to have that done with some kind of tree planting company, right? Or, or outfit. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. Correct. And, and does that get planted, uh, in, you know, in the rainforest in North America? Yeah. In- they, they, yeah. They, uh, they plant them in the tropics. Um, but we're also, I mean, our goal is also, like I said, um, the thing about climate change is it's not in your backyard. So we're going to do doing work with, uh, companies in the city. Uh, one of them is uh, called Gardeneer. Um, they grow gardens at schools. Uh, they're in 23 schools in Chicagoland. Um, and we feel that gardening uh, can have a huge impact uh, on the environment uh, and society's health. Um, I go to my kids' lunches uh, once a week, Mike, and um, the food they have there is just uh, it's abysmal. It's, uh, it's, it's canned food. It's processed food, non-organic. How do they let you uh, in? a lot of energy just... <laughs> What's that? How do they let you in there? Because you're all you you you're complaining about the food. I wouldn't let you in there. Yeah, no, I sneak in. I sneak in. Uh, I'm 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 good like that. But and then they also throw half the food away uh, every day too. So and they probably um, don't. Kids could grow their own. Exactly. They don't compost it, right? I mean, food stores. Yeah. Pardon me. Well, they do. They compost it when they throw it away. Do you know? 
No, no, they just throw it all away. And uh, so the this gardeners program doesn't just teach them how to grow their gardens and teach them to appreciate uh, uh, the food where it comes from. Uh, it also eliminates the transport time. The average piece of produce travels 1,500 miles before it gets consumed, so that's a lot less energy that way. The kids are healthier. They're eating a natural, local, organic food source. Uh, they're outdoors more. Uh, I think you know there's a nature deficit disorder with kids. Uh, if you read Last Child in the Woods, the six to eight hours a day kids spend on the screen. So uh, to get them outdoors, uh, grow their own food, eat local, and, and work on composting and recycling programs. So, so how is uh, how is we, how is the gardening in schools connected to your uh, ride sharing program? Yeah, we're they're one of uh, they're, they're going to be one of our, uh, our partners or sponsors. We're going to help drive volunteers and uh, donations to their cause. Uh, and and, and give us the cause again. Things. Give us the name again, so folks know. Don't uh, gar. Gardeneers. Garden ears. Okay. Garden ears. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Gardeneers. <laughs> Gardeneers. Org. Yeah. Uh, a great group. But we plan on partnering with a lot of these local uh, sustainable gardening uh, groups. There's another company called The Plant. I don't know if you heard of them. Yep. Oh, yeah. The Plant. Yeah. I've been down there. What a cool place that is. Yeah. 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 We, we talked with them about uh, doing uh, an event there, kind of a, a launch event uh, there, and uh, help them promote their. Their cause, uh, and uh, this urban gardening is uh, is is coming through, and uh, I think it is going to make an impact with uh, also the 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 food desert um, in the city as well. Um, it's uh, I don't know if you ever been through the south or west side. There, never the food that they have there is not quality food, and that was a joke. I talked to them to find good sources. So um, we're going to be working with farmers markets too. So um, a lot of people want to go to farmers markets, Mike. But it's a whole day. You have to drive down there. You have to park. You have to walk around. So we're going to be able to deliver uh, um, from the farmer's markets to your doorstep. So. Wait, wait. So you're going to take people in, in, in the ride, the car, the green car, to the farmer's market? No, no. Um, <laughs> we're going to put together a, a basket for, to bring the people. And uh, we can put 10 baskets in one car and drive them all to one area and, and deliver the food very efficiently. And and how are so, they going to get that? What do they do? Go to the website and sign up and say, I want yep. the specialty basket yep. and bring it to me? Okay. And, and you're going to grow tomatoes yep. in the back seats of these cars, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not rotten tomatoes. Uh, <laughs> I, you know, I just thought since you're into the farming thing, let's put little plots of, of dirt and grow lights. The, the LEDs, because you're, you're an expert at that. <laughs> you can hang them in the back seat. Yeah. And, and when people, yeah. you know, and people will get in and say, oh, this is so much better than Uber. Their, their produce is really awful. I don't know if you've ever read. Yeah, he can brew some manure tea in there, too. Yeah. yeah. I, don't, I don't know how that'll work, Mike. But, uh, uh, okay, well, maybe. I'll let, I'll let you come up with that plan. I'm working on it. The, the minute I get off air, I am, I am working on All right, but, you know, but, the, but serious, getting back to serious problem, uh, which is Uber, um, and the idea that um, I, I don't know how people – survive as uber drivers because every time i read something about it all i hear is that the drivers get screwed um they Mm -hmm. you know they don't make any money they can't take any tips every time you turn around the company is squeezing them even tighter it's kind of why lyft Mm -hmm. exists in the first place um and and uh what was the other thing uh recently about oh i know uh and the way they get rated there's this tyranny of the rating system where if you don't get like 4.5, uh, you're like out. 
uh, and and the yep, peop- and, yep. and and uh, forgive me for saying this, but people who have access to rating systems are idiots. Okay, and all it takes is one jerk, <laughs> one jerk having a bad day, and you get booted. Well, that doesn't make any sense. Are you now but exactly? And one exactly. And I don't like the rating system because. Uh, it's kind of an elitist system, and plus, if you have four point five stars as a restaurant, that's a pretty good score, right? So the consumers don't really know the rating system. So if they rate someone as a four, they they're thinking they're giving them a good score when it's really uh, a bad score. So we're gonna have a, a green heart uh, rating system, so you get hearts uh, by the rating. And if you go out of your way and you do something good for somebody else, you'll get a bonus heart and earn rewards towards uh, a higher pay or or prizes. If, uh, if you do something extra for somebody. Um, and we, we're we going to have a better plan as far as not kicking people off at four and a half uh, hearts. Um, we wanted to, like, like you said, consumers, sometimes they might just be having a bad day and give someone a terrible rating and they could lose their job over it. So we're going to have a more fair and balanced uh, rating system, and, and along with the pay, too. Uh, like I said, they, we're trying to figure out, the, our main goal is to figure out as many ways as we can to make it better for the drivers and better for the environment. That's our, that's our main goal. I kind of like that. I think, uh, Peggy, um, you want to write a check here? Right now, we can uh, we can we can arrange something. Yeah. Uh, uh, well, no, it it actually sounds. This is a a, a great project. Sounds of, fabulous. Uh, and and I should let folks know because I uh, I <clears throat> have uh, forgotten to do that because I got so wrapped up in the conversation that we are talking to Stephen Cutter and uh, the the uh, ride sharing program is called G Ride. You can go to www go g ride and it's all one word it looks like go gride uh dot com gog ride, yeah, yeah go, or gog ride i like that gog ride a gog ride uh, and then yeah our, our facebook and uh and twitter and instagram is go g ride seven why is it go g ride seven because g ride was taken like i don't know uh, that's <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, uh, plus, the, the seven comes in there because I, I, one of my co-founders, I met him at the, the school of metaphysics. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And he kind of looks like a wizard, and he's flighty like a wizard. He kind of bumbles around all over the place, but uh, he's got such great, great energy. And uh, his his favorite number is seven. And uh, <laughs> actually, we only hooked up because um, I met him at a Bernie Sanders uh, rally. I was making shirts out of hemp for Bernie Sanders. Um, because hemp's the most sustainable crop, you know. And he was speaking at Chicago State, and uh, I went there at the last minute, and I was outside selling the shirts, and I, I bumped into him again, and uh, I ended up getting his number, and I called him, and the last three digits of my phone number are 777, and he calls himself the 777 Adventurer on, uh, on Facebook. Mm-hmm. And uh, so anyways, his favorite number is 7, and uh, so we, I let him use the Go Ride 7 appease him well um, and from a numerology standpoint Stephen, um seven is the seeker of the truth so there you go oh there there you go and uh i mentioned that the uh i made shirts out of hemp for bernie um but uh, we feel um uh, at g ride that hemp can do one of the uh have a big play in, in making the environment better save the planet you know uh, and most people don't know the benefits of, of, of hemp so we're going to be using for our promo gear, uh, we're going to make hemp stickers, uh, we're going to have hemp flyers, and we're going to make hemp t-shirts. So, 
I, li- I like it. See, no, and I, I do know, you know I, that's another uh, show segment that I've wanted yeah. to do forever, which is on hemp, um, because it is uh, a, a very important product. We should be growing right. it. Um, and it's, and you can't get high from it. You, you, you nimrods out there who think that that's a problem. Um, <laughs> and I think Mike would like to, to, um, model your first hemp shirt. That besides larger go. XL, Mike. That works for me. Yeah, whatever, you know? All right. Well, Stephen Cutter, uh, thank you so much. It's been great talking to you. Um, you, you, Mr. Idea, you know, I do realize that tomorrow you will have moved on to something new altogether. Probably <laughs> you won't even be doing the G, you, you won't even be doing G ride anymore. It'll just be like, oh, no, yeah. see, see with, with G ride, uh, there's really no limit to what we can do. So, uh, that, it lets me get my creativity out there. Um, and I'm going to stick with this one for, for a long time. Okay. Uh, Steven, well, let's talk soon. And like I said, you got to send me the link as soon as you guys are live because I think some of us uh, actually might want to invest in this. Nice, nice. I'll, I'll get it over to you as soon as it's up. And uh, give my regards to uh, Tom Hartman and uh, that, and, and you know when 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 that whole thing just kind of falls through and collapses, you come right back to me, <laughs> right buddy. Here, right here, right here. Natural Awakenings in the Mike Novak. Right at Q4 you, Radio, you have, baby. You have- you have open arms for me, Mike. Absolutely. Haven't I always, Stephen? <laughs> Haven't I always? Yes. <laughs> you have. You have. <laughs> well, well, <laughs> I, well, thanks so much, uh, and uh, I appreciate it, and we'll talk to you soon. All right, and have a great uh, whatever celebration with whatever family <laughs> member that I don't really care about. I hope it goes well. Uh, too, too funny, Mike. Thank you. Thank right, you. Take care. Have a good one. Bye-bye. <laughs> We're a little silly around here this morning. Uh, you know. George, say something. And we haven't even uh, 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 broken out my the first and last show. <laughs> That's Oh, are you abandoning us too? You can wake the guy in the it's other Sunday. room, the guy who's snoring in the control room. I was wondering what that was. That was snoring, okay? There's a guy snoring in the control room, and not in the control room, but in the production room. And we'll bring him in, and George, if you leave, I got, I got people. There's, you know, they end up, I find them on the floor here, and I bring them in. And... Uh, <laughs> A warm body is a good body. <laughs> all we Fight need. on the Mike Novak show. <laughs> all, we need, all we need are warm bodies. That's it. That's it. So it's oh like, my. what, you want content? I, can't, I, I don't have the money for content. Oh, oh, we're headed to a commercial right now, right? Uh, right. Hey, I'm going to give you one here, too. So... Uh, but that's going to be afterwards. So let's let me just say it might just be my opinion, but uh, one reason that people get frustrated with gardening magazines, and you probably know this, Peggy, is garden envy, right? Mm-hmm. You hate it when everybody else's garden looks better than yours, right? You know, actually, when I do garden talks, I show photos of my own garden, and it it works. It cuts both ways because for people who don't have a nice garden mine's pretty nice it's okay and they'll go "Ooh, that's nice and then for the people who have really wonderful gardens they go oh mine's much better than that and so everybody wins it's it's the way i i feel about it 
Uh, so anyway, the May-June issue of Chicagoland Gardening magazine might be for you if you, you have garden envy. There's an article called Crop Failures. And yes, that's about a garden that went haywire. Take that, you garden writers. Uh, but isn't it great to see a little reality in your life? And then there's my column on the inside back page of every issue. Talk about brutal, unrelenting, <laughs> no looking the other way reality. Baby, oh baby. Um, and uh, you should know that Chicagoland Gardening Magazine is a publication of state-by-state gardening magazines. You go to chicagolandgardening.com. That's one way to do it. Or uh, if you're in other parts of the Midwest or the South, try one of the 21 gardening magazines in those regions by going to statebystategardening.com or call 888-265-3600, 888-265-3600. Did you know Chicagoans are getting healthier all the time? Hi, I'm Peggy, and I know this is true because for six years I've been publishing Natural Awakening, Chicago's greenest and healthiest magazine. And if you want your message to reach this growing market, you do need to get your business in front of our readers. Why? Because our advertisers tell us that our targeted readers are committed to improving their health and ready to take action. That's more than 80,000 people in Chicagoland who will respond to your message. They're looking for holistic wellness practitioners, integrative doctors and dentists, nutritionists, health coaches, yoga instructors, even home improvement and landscape experts. Natural Awakenings is a free monthly magazine available in more than 1,100 locations throughout Cook, Lake, and McHenry counties. Call me today to expand your market and grow your business. 847-858-3697. That's 847-858-3697. Natural Awakenings. Feel good, live simply, laugh more. Looking for a housing investment that can pay big dividends? Remodel your kitchen or bathroom. You'll freshen up your home and add value to it, too. Trust DR Services Unlimited, 847-998-1687 for all your remodeling needs. Kitchens, bathrooms, master suites, and more. Rated A-plus by the Better Business Bureau and recommended on Angie's List. DR is a proud member of NARI. DR provides exceptional quality at a fair price. Contact DR at 847-998-1687 or at RestoreTheNorthShore.com. It's not just your garden. It's the way you live. And there's so much to know. But you have help. Bonnie Plants. Now with Bonnie's app, Homegrown, you can learn about veggie and herb varieties, track and record your garden with photos and notes, share on Facebook and Twitter, and so much more. How'd you ever grow without it? Get Homegrown with Bonnie Plants for iPhone and Android. The more you know, the better you can grow with Bonnie. Hey, everybody, it's the Mike Novak Show. On a Sunday morning, we're featuring warm bodies today. That's all we need. And you can put together your own radio show. Just find a warm body. And, oh, oh, sorry. Uh, by the way, we oh, there's a phone call pouring in. Uh, I am grabbing that right now. Okay, whoever you are on the line, hang on just for a second because uh, we need to uh, do some business. Here. We need to do some business. So why don't you take care of that, Peggy, and we'll get to the phone call in just a second. Are you tired of the same old, same old big box genetically modified clone till you drop bee assassin garden center plants? 
you say you want something really different, yet you're buying the same daylilies and hostas that everybody else has. Well, garden with plants that have thousands of years of natural design behind them and that have been working for thousands of years with our local pollinators and other fauna. Garden with native plants. Natives are the natural choice, and you can get them locally from Natural Communities Native Plants online at naturalcommunities.net. If you truly want to go green, the truly green choice is native plants. Natural Communities Native Plants are locally grown and sourced, and they have more than 150 species native to the Chicago region. They use online shopping and mail delivery, or you can talk to them in person at local green events. Plant with Chicagoland's native plant source, Natural Communities Native Plants. Go to naturalcommunities.net. Annie Haven tweets that uh, way too much fun on the show. Yeah, we are. Uh, it's a good thing we're not getting paid for this because we, we wouldn't be earning it. Let's go to the phone lines. Uh, you're on the Mike Novak Show. Who is this? Hi, Mike. It's Dan Costa. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> uh, you don't care. Are you trying to scam a book, Dan? Uh, no, I already got the book. Oh, okay. He needs the tea. I had a, somebody asked about peaches before. Yes, yes. Nancy Bender did. She called in. So you're going to get. See, I knew you'd be listening, and you, you'd give us the answer. What's the story of peaches? Well, uh, it would help to have two different varieties of peaches. Okay. You get uh, better pollination that way probably uh, kind of fruit production yeah kind of like uh you know that happens with a lot of trees like a uh an amelanch here uh will respond the same way right yeah yeah because really all the trees of one particular variety are really all part of one tree because they're all propagated from they're cloned the original sports so they're really all the same tree right uh so if you had two different varieties that would help the other thing is peaches tend to bloom early for us and they, a lot of times they get hit with a frost while they're in flower and it'll knock the you know destroy the flowers knock them off and so their fruit production is bad uh this year uh would would we have had that uh dan it was kind of a goofy spring uh do you have have you heard anything about the the peach production no i i really haven't but i would i would not be surprised because the, the magnolias were blooming in my yard, they got hit with frost, cold uh, weather, and turned a lot of the flowers brown. And peaches tend to bloom about the same time. So there you go. Uh, could be this person's getting uh, cold damage. Uh, the guys over in Michigan that that grow peaches commercially, they have a little bit better situation climate-wise, so it's a little easier for them. But on this side of the lake, it, it can be a bit chancy. All right. Well, that's wonderful information. That's uh, Dan Costa, who was the star of last week's show, and he just can't resist coming back. Uh, <laughs> well, oh, I heard my name requested. <laughs> I just send it out there into the ether sphere and uh, and see who responds. And well, thank you, Dan. Uh, and by the way, he's at Vern Gore's Greenhouse in Hinsdale. How's your bonsai today? Uh, I gotta go out and water, and then I gotta go up to the botanic garden for the show. Oh, that's right. There's nice. a show at the Botanic Garden, uh, the uh, Midwest, right? Right. Bonsai. Uh, Midwest is their uh, annual or their early spring show this uh, this weekend. So, if you want to learn something about bonsai, uh, you go up to the Botanic Garden, and then later on, uh, well, you know, you go up and see what's there, and then later on uh, this summer, Dan and I will be talking about the Prairie State Bonsai Society because their show is in. August is that right? Yeah, first weekend of August. Yeah, we'll, you and Martin. I we will talk about that too. Hey, thanks for calling, dude. I appreciate it. Sure, anytime.
All right. That's the way it goes. And let's do this uh, as well. Well, on days when I can't get Rick DeMaio to be here, and today he's, uh, I think he's off uh, with a graduation for his son. So uh, I'm, I'm, I'm going to give him the day off for that, considering what I pay him. Uh, he, I'm surprised he doesn't take every Sunday off. Uh, but in the past, for those of you who have listened to my show um, at Progresso Radio, Down the Dial, which I sometimes call it, uh, I often brought in climate research contributor Pat Sketch. Now, right now, you've got to understand, he's a retired co-op weather observer with the National Weather Service uh, and a climate research contributor with the College of DuPage Meteorology Department. Uh, but it's always a pleasure to have Pat Sketch on the program. Pat, how are you? Hi, Mike. Good morning. Very good. It's a pleasure to uh, always do the show for you when Rick can't make it. Uh, you know, you got everybody's got to have a backup, and you're you've always been uh, a great backup, and I really appreciate you being here today. It's always my pleasure, Mike. Uh, so, uh, b- before we get into a forecast, and we'll, we'll we'll keep it relatively short. And we talked about this before we went on uh, air here, but. What is it uh, that a climate research contributor does, uh, especially with uh, the College of DuPage? Well, basically, Mike, you know, <clears throat> those are meteorology students uh, at the College of DuPage, and they're, uh, they're really looking uh, to gain forecasting skills uh, to become actual uh, degreed uh, meteorologists and forecasters. And to have uh, someone who likes to look back in the past rather than live for the future like they do, uh, is always uh, nice to have around because there's not too many uh, uh, climate researchers, uh, you know, that are out there available. Uh, you have mostly, uh, you know, uh, students and uh, so forth uh, at the uh, uh, at the function. So this uh, it helps to look back and say, you know what, let's take a look and see what past summers uh, were like, or past winters, or even holidays, and we'll try to make a comparison. It's Looking back in the past, Mike, at climate is never a way of forecasting, okay? But it does sometimes give uh, a little bit of an understanding of what possibly could happen and maybe even develop a trend or two. And uh, that's what I really like to do. I've always liked doing it, and uh, it comes in handy. In fact, we're going to segue right into that now with the uh, what the National Weather Service here in Chicago has done. Uh, so if you don't mind, I'll start right up with it. Uh, yeah, well, it, well, you had mentioned to me earlier that uh, you were looking at what the summer is supposed to bring this year. Is that right? Correct. Uh, the National Weather Service here in Chicago, uh, two of their forecasters <clears throat> were taking a look, just really an outlook. They're not forecasting. It's just a basic outlook of what the uh, the uh, temperature and precipitation trend might be for our summer of June, July, and August. And um, they did a very nice job. They did a, a tremendous amount of research. And, again, here's climate research that forecasters are using. And they're basically saying that <clears throat> the El Nino pattern we're in now is going to continue to weaken. And the chances of a La Nina are going to increase uh, very much so, about 65% in July through September. And uh, basically what that's really saying is that <clears throat> And El Nino is very likely to transition to a La Nina this year. History shows that this will support warm summers, and the models and the outlooks they compare this to also are in agreement. Um, now, they're talking a warmer-than-normal summer is favored uh, with increased heat potential. 
Now, we'll stop there, and we won't go into any uh, precip yet. There's two ways to look at this, Mike. <clears throat> With a, say, a July average high temperature of 84 degrees, um, a warm summer can mean we can have daily high temperatures which exceed the 84-degree mark and could even be in the, the upper 80s for a lengthy period of time. Or we can go on and say we can have surges of, say, low 90s or mid 90s happening periodically through the three-month period. But no matter how you really look at either one of those, it's going to be warmer from what all indications are. Precipitation seems to be about normal. It doesn't show any high trends of any, uh, they're not signaling any weather or active, or active or severe weather or not necessarily any drier weather. So uh, we're not going to you know, really fluctuate in that department. They did also go back and look, again, climate research, tendencies for warm summers. They found 1988, 1995, and 2010 did fit into the same category. And if we remember back in 88, uh, August, I believe we had like two straight weeks of 90s. So we are facing a uh, possibly warmer than normal summer here. How much warmer and are we going to see, uh, you know, 100 degree temperatures? That's very uh, difficult to say right now. But warmer than normal and about average with precip. That's that's very interesting, Pat Sketch, because uh, a lot of folks... Uh, are probably wondering whether we're going to get any warm weather at all, uh, given how the spring has seemed to be cool. Certainly May has been a cool month, hasn't it? Yes, yes. Um, so, you know, <clears throat> I'm not a gardener, Mike, but what this would suggest to someone like myself or really anyone, especially a gardener, if the uh, uh, the trend seems to really indicate warmer than normal temperatures, maybe have a backup plan on your uh, watering <clears throat> because if we do regress into a drier period and those warm temperatures remain that might pose a problem for gardeners that's a really good point and uh, you know and it what it also points out is something that i've said on the show and i've said when rick DeMaio is here um that if you're looking at your warm season vegetables and of course we're talking about tomatoes we're talking about squash we're talking about peppers wait till june 1st and it looks like this year the warm weather is going to be right on schedule for june 1st so uh, well, that's right i agree with you and, and it looks like it's on schedule you know uh uh today happens to be my birthday and my mother always said <clears throat> don't plant anything outside until after your birthday of may 22nd and i really <laughs> think she's got a point there I, I had no idea it was your birthday. Well, happy birthday, Pat Sketch. Thank you. Well, it was uh, maybe it was a nice birthday gift to uh, get the phone call for me to do the show. Well, you know, now actually I feel bad because uh, I'm making your work on your birthday. No, uh, I, this is, I, I enjoy this, Mike. I really do. This is, I look forward to uh, having the fill-in for Rick. Well, uh, have you got a forecast for us? Uh, for I, the... certain, I certainly do, Mike. Uh, for today, we're going to have plentiful sunshine, high near 80 degrees. We will be cooler near the near Lake Michigan. Tonight, clear skies, a low temperature down to about 52 degrees. And uh, tomorrow is going to be uh, pretty much a duplicate, a little bit warmer, maybe in the low 80s. The rest of the week, we're going to have daytime temperatures around 80 degrees. We will really notice the humidity levels on the increase during the rest of the week. Uh, it's going to really start to feel more like summer in the afternoons. <clears throat> 
Uh, as far as rain chances go, there will be various chances of rain beginning Tuesday night, Wednesday, and all the way through Friday. No washout conditions at this point are expected. Uh, we will have dry hours in between, but uh, we can bank on some uh, some moisture. Well, it sounds like a, a fairly decent uh, forecast for the week. Uh, a little bit, as you say, of the humidity, which will make things feel a little more summer-like, and we make that transition into uh, into June. Well, uh, happy birthday again, Pat. Uh, thank you so much for stepping up and filling in for Rick DeMaio. I should remind people that Pat Skatch is the retired co-op weather observer with the National Weather Service, and he's a climate research contributor with the College of DuPage Meteorology Department. And, Pat, you are always welcome to, to fill in or to be part of the program. I mean, if, if someday, uh, you know, when Rick's on, you want to just pick up the phone and call and you guys can wax poetic on weather and, and, and statistics, that's fine with me. Absolutely, Mike. Well, please have a very nice rest of your Sunday. Thank you for the uh, birthday wishes and uh, enjoy the day. You too. Thanks, Mike. Gotta love that Pat Sketch. Um, we should probably should sing happy birthday to him. But uh, what I'm going to do instead is um, put out the word one more time. Uh, if we can get a phone call in the next, like, three, what do we got? Like, three and a half minutes or something. Three minutes. Less than that. The One of the things that we didn't get to, and it's a shame, is the jumping worms. Uh, There seems to be a new invasive species in Illinois. It's called the jumping worm. Um, It's new to Illinois, though not to the U.S. It's been identified in three counties. Count them, three. Cook, DuPage, and McHenry. And I'm sure it got brought in. Somebody uh, brought it in with a plant. Mm -hmm. That's the way those things happen. It poses a threat to all types of habitat and agriculture. It's like this Armageddon worm. Maybe that's what they should call it. Um, the jumping worm gives a voracious eater, and I got this from Illinois Extension, by the way. Um, and, uh, the, you know, and like all worms, they, they eat and they poop and that's great. But the jumping worm, as it says here, makes the other worms look like light eaters by comparison. They live in the organic layer of soil and consume organic matter at an amazing rate. They have the potential to destroy the organic layer. This has consequences on multiple levels. Uh, yeah, you think? Uh, are you keeping an eye out? In case I'm keeping an okay? eye out right. for phone calls. Well, why is it called the jumping worm? I mean, the Asian carp, they jump. Do these worms jump? Uh, that's a really good point. Do we feed the I jumping think, worms to I the think, jumping Asian oh, carp? Oh, un- unlike most other worms... Uh, oh, they no, 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 that, that was something else. Uh, it says here, the name is very apt as they wiggle and thrash around when disturbed. Yeah, but other worms do that too. I don't know. What feed do you him, th- feed them to the carp? <laughs> well, then that's part of the problem. Yeah. Uh, uh, it says they are very popular as fish bait and are sold under a number of names, including crazy worms, Alabama jumpers, and snake worms. If you're a fisherman, do not buy bait under these names and inspect all live bait to ensure you are not buying these worms. So it's it's kind of the opposite of what you said. You don't want to use right. them because what fishermen do, unfortunately, they're done. They toss the stuff mm-hmm. in, and uh, and suddenly the worm is everywhere. 
uh, you know, the, it, they survive, they toss them in the water or whatever. And, and that's the beginning of the end of the universe because of the crazy worms, the jumping worms that eat everything. This sounds like a Stephen King novel, novel doesn't it? I don't know. Attack of the Jumping Worms. All right. Well, let's get George. Let's bring in George. Come on, George. Save us. Oh, well, I'm on Discovery.com uh, right now, and it's saying that they are from Asia, in fact. And of fear... course, all the bad stuff's from Asia. You know that. <laughs> the fear is that uh, they eat so quickly that they will leave uh, forest floors barren, and uh, I'm assuming with no nutrition to <laughs> – thank you for the sound. Oh, my guys. gosh. There's worms eating in here. <laughs> For uh, the next generation, they stopped snoring and now to... they're eating. <laughs> so, oh wait, 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 wait! Like that guy up. Earthworms. There's a picture here, and I'll post it on Twitter. Uh, they're darker, um, darker than typical earthworms found around here. So, if you find a jumping earthworm, you probably won't be able to identify it anyway, <laughs> and uh, and we're screwed. Okay, that's all we got for the Mike Novak show. Check <laughs> us out. Uh, I'm taking. You bet I am taking us out of here. Go green or, or go home. Wait, wait, wait. wait Brigandi, get in here. Wake up. You know how this works? No. Run me oh. through it. <laughs> I say go green or, and you say go home. All right. All, all right. right. I'm in. Three, two, one. Go green or go, go home. home. Gosh, that was sad. <laughs>